This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Christian Perspective on the News. What a pleasure at this time on a Friday to connect with Dr. Peter Hammond, the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. Good morning, Dr. Hammond. On the weekend when we heard about the Fire at Rhodes Memorial, weirdly, you were the very first person I thought about. Well, indeed, we were just uh, about to have our Sunday, 18 April, the 500th anniversary of the Reformation stand made by Martin Luther celebration service. And uh, on the way over the end, too, I could see the smoke. I could actually... Uh, see the uh, fire trucks. I, I was once in the fire brigade, so when I worked my way through college, I was used to the midnight trips at Epping Fire Station. Oh. And I could see there was a good, maybe four later, I found out there was actually five fire trucks there. So at 8.45 on Sunday morning, the 18th of April, the city of Cape Town's Fire and Rescue Services responded to what was called a vegetation fire just above the M3 motorway at Hospital Bend, just opposite the famous Kuliskira where the world's first heart transplant was performed. So at first it was windless and the fire looked containable. Mm. And uh, while I was concerned, I, I couldn't have imagined the devastation that would occur later. But over the next three hours, the bushfire spread from the slopes of Devil's Peak to Rhodes Moil and from there towards Rondebosch at the campus of University of Cape Town and the Rhodesmoor Tea Garden and Restaurant went up in a fireball as apparently its gas canisters exploded, even though they were in a stone enclosure with a corrugated roof, not in um, a not in a thatcher, and not, uh, I would have thought, accessible to fire because it was all stone walls around mm. it. But uh, then the historic Mostert Mill, the oldest windmill in the southern hemisphere, dating back to 1796, was burned when the fire jumped the M3 motorway. And the historic windmill was repaired and donated to the people of Cape Town over 120 years ago by Cecil John Rhodes. Two touched house dwellings in Rosebank were also severely damaged uh, mm. as the fire spread from Mostert Mall to adjacent homes. And incredibly, six education buildings in the center of the University of Cape Town were severely damaged by fire. Even though these were stone buildings located in the middle of the campus and quite some distance from the front fire. The midday sun was almost obliterated by the massive clouds of smoke and great clouds of soot and ash fell throughout Rondebosch, including on our mission grounds, mm. as people rushed to close windows and doors to keep the smoke and ash out. It was like a war zone with great clouds of smoke and the regular sound of helicopters flying ahead. Huey helicopters from the wildfire services in Newlands Forest mm. flew repeatedly overhead, each carrying a thousand, uh, buckets of a 1,000 litres of water at a time to waterbomb the inferno raging on the slopes of Devil's Peak. By late on Sunday night, there were more than 250 firefighters from the city of Cape Town, from the Tabermouth National Park, on the working time, the volunteer wildlife services. They were all struggling to contain the inferno, which was described as out of control. Mm. At 8.10 p.m. on Sunday night, a suspected arsonist was apprehended by a man and his children walking their dogs, apparently part of the neighborhood watch in Fred Hook. And of the three suspects seen starting a new blaze above Fred Hook on the other side of the mountain, 
One 35-year-old man was taken to custody, but the two other suspects managed to evade arrest, and I heard later that a second one had been apprehended. At 2 a.m. on Monday morning, the 19th April, Gale Force winds picked up, and the Frederick residents in the line of the approaching fire were ordered to evacuate. Mm. Hundreds of residents were evacuated, ordered out, poured out of their homes in the early hours of the morning with children, pets, belongings. Disaster risk management staff and volunteers evacuated several streets in the suburb on the slopes of Devil's Peak, including the high-rise Dyser Towers uh, at Dyser Park Towers, and nearly all the neighboring schools were closed. And so for Monday, uh, 11 schools in the area were reported closed due to concerns for smoke inhalation. And, of course, in any fire, more people tend to die from smoke inhalation than, than even from, from burning. 255 firefighters worked through the night to restrain the wildfires, and the Freedom Hook fire was contained by 2.30 p.m. on Monday afternoon. Nine civilians were hospitalized for smoke inhalation. Six firefighters were injured in the line of duty. Approximately 600 hectares of wilderness were devastated by the wildfire, according to final reports on Tuesday. But high winds on Monday prevented the helicopters from being mobilized in the area. And by Monday afternoon, about 3.30 p.m., the fire had wrapped around the north face of Devil's Peak and was racing towards Tafelberg Road and the slopes of Table Mountain. So fire crews were mobilized to suppress this new fire threat. And on day three, Tuesday, 20th April, the winds had slowed, leaving the city of Cape Town shrouded in smoke. Mm. And the sound of the helicopter engines, the whirring blades overhead, continued throughout Tuesday as the South African Air Force now added more helicopters to assist the wildfire services Hueys and water bombing the blaze. By the end of Tuesday, the fire department announced the fires were largely contained, but there was still a danger of smoldering fires re-erupting, which still needs attention. For this reason, we're very grateful for the mist of yesterday, which is obviously helping. But we need to still be praying for, for rain to refresh the earth and to stifle any possibility of, of further re-smoldering. Mm. But the full cost of this devastating inferno is still to be calculated. It includes the Jagger Library in the center of the University of Cape Town. And Jagger Library contained 1.2 million volumes, 1.2 million volumes, including priceless and irreplaceable collections like the majority of architect Herbert Baker's archives. But fire doors did come down to protect sections of the library. We don't know which books were saved, but we do know that hundreds of thousands of books were lost in Inferno including the vast majority of the African study published print collection, about 70,000 items, and the entire Africa study film collection on DVD, which was about 3,500 items, and those were lost. So questions of how could a bushfire have reached stone buildings in the middle of the campus, far from where the bushfire reached, and just looking at an aerial photograph of the devastation, you can see that all the outer edges of the uh, University of Cape Town were unaffected. And uh, so one's got to assume that the fires within the university were from a different source. And environmentalists revealed that government authorities ignored their repeated warnings. Mm. Nikki Schmidt of the Environmental Protection Group Parkscape, she declared that the authorities were repeatedly warned about the high fire risk in Cape Town the Parkscape has claimed that mismanagement of the Table Mountain National Park put lives and properties in unwarranted danger. Parkscape, Table Mountain Watch, 
Friends of Ted Mountain and other environmental groups have repeatedly warned of the danger of tolerating approximately 100 vagrants living within the National Park and the risks of the illegal fires in the mountain slopes, which were laden with alien vegetation. Nikki Schmidt observed, the slopes where the fire started is littered with pine trunks and stumps and timber dried, just waiting to go up in flames. And Andre van Skilpeck of Tave Mountain Watchhead, we have alerted sand parks to incidents on countless occasions with very little action resulting. And Andy Davies, our friends of Tave Mountain, reported that they repeatedly complained about vagrant fires, but it appeared no action was taken. 4,000 students were evacuated from UCT uh, upper campus residences and provided free accommodation in hotels around the city. An incredibly student activist at University of Cape Town were for the first day demanding that all semester assignments, all tests, all lectures be suspended and that all students be provided with trauma counselling. The UCT Vice-Chancellor in a letter to students confirmed no classes, no tutorials, no laboratory tests or work will take place throughout the week. And considering that the University of Cape Town appeared to have had borne the brunt of the fire damage to buildings, mm. it seemed amazing that they were not being mobilized to protect the library and stop the fire and help repair the damage and clean up and fix what could be fixed and rebuild what needs to be rebuilt. When I've been in the field and we've had fires within Sudan or caused by aerial bombardments and things like that, uh, the whole community gets involved right down to the small ones. They want, you know, carrying buckets of water, uh, beating up the fire with bushes. We can all try and do something. And I think it's a sad commentary on the selfish, helpless, self-centered mentality produced by an entertainment and entitlement culture that so many healthy young people did not feel a sense of duty to respond to the crisis by seeking to be part of the solution instead of part of the problem. Mm. I'm sure there were individuals who helped, but it seems that the vast bulk uh, didn't do anything aside from take uh, some pictures with their cell phones and complain to the university. But incredibly, some irresponsible individuals made incredibly incendiary comments on social media, commenting on Neil's fine Cape Town. Uh, there's one person said, every white man's home is destroyed, it's payback time. Hit them where it's hurt, leave my country. Another man tweeted, and I've got these screen captures which have been uploaded onto Friends of Rhodes Memorial Facebook page. Rhodes Memorial must burn to the ground. There's not just a fire, there's a cleansing process. Students must assist with petrol and paraffin to make sure let it burn. And there's some horrific things. Uh, another student posted, students must, UCT students must assist the fire by adding petrol. Roads and more must be burned to the ground, ashes to ashes. And it may be relevant that 18th of April is marked in Zimbabwe as a public holiday for what they call their revolution. Dictator Robert Mugabe came to power 18 April 1980. If that's got any particular relevance to yeah. the fire being on 18 April in Cape Town, affecting special roads Memorial and University of Cape Town, one wonders. But by way of contrast, many Cape Townians have responded valiantly by donating generous quantities of supplies to firefighters and other emergency service personnel. And the SPC has mobilized rescues of wildlife whose habitats been destroyed. Every crisis includes both danger and opportunity. James 3 verse 5 says, See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And so we must continue to pray for all in Cape Town affected by this devastating inferno, especially people who've lost uh, their homes Practical projects are being planned and mobilized. 
and I know that friends of Road to Mortal, amongst others, are planning to help clean up areas engulfed by the wildfire. So Isaiah 43 verse 2 is uh, one of the promises and prayers that we need to remember. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. We're grateful for all the firefighters, and we pray that God may strengthen them, and also that investigators would get to the uh, answers of what was behind this fire. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.